This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. When you want the best, you have to act fast, especially when hiring for your business. You want to find the most talented people before the competition scoops them up. And the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds top talent fast. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com Spotify. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, it's me, Jeff Norcott. This is a bit of a surprise, a pre-title sequence, but I just want to say, not a warning, but just a heads up that I've got Tom Walker, aka Jonathan Pye, on the show this week. And with so much news happening, we just launched straight into it. And it's absolutely brilliant. And he is, as you'd imagine, impassioned and funny on all the subjects. But for anyone expecting a gentle intro into this week's show, it's not going to happen. Hello and welcome to episode 144 of What Most People Think and I have got, I'm going straight into it today, I mean I've got a returning guest who's always been very popular on this show, Tom Walker, Aka Jonathan Pye as we christened you last time, how are you doing mate? I'm good. Is that the only reason you get me back? Is because it's popular rather than interesting or decent? Well, it's both. It... It's both. <laughs> okay. I mean, I won't lie. If, if I showed you the graph, there's a good spike whenever you're on. <laughs> I mean, the fact you've done it for three for a third time, I think is insane, but I'm going to keep, you yeah. know, I'll ride okay. this all the way to the bank. Uh, it's great to have you back on the show. And, and I feel like normally I like to sort of set the scene, but there'll be this... I don't know, maybe people don't want to talk about Partygate anymore, but we're, we are talking in light of... So just to give you a context when you're listening to this, it's post the Boris photo, it's post the clips of people talking about uh, the party culture at Westminster and Panorama, but pre-Sue Gray, okay? So that's where we are in the the kind of multiverse of Partygate bullshit. And um, I suppose the first question... I mean, we really are going straight in there this week, Tom. He's, I know that, like, in the social media world, everyone gets, fucking, there is his fucking glass of wine, a prick. Does this move the dial as much for wider British society as it does Twitter? I mean, I can only speak for myself. And for me, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it, this means something. Do you know what I mean? I mean it means me, something, but it, does it move yeah. the dial or does it take the dial back to that peak boiling point, if you know what I mean? I think it's getting there. I mean, I think I think everyone in number ten. It's like as I'm talking to you now, there are it's, there's a really bad storm outside, and it does feel yeah. like that's coming directly <laughs> from number ten. Do you know what I mean? And also yeah. the fact that that there's just been these revelations today. All these all these people. Laura Koonsberg's just been interviewing a load of people that were there, going, "Yeah, everyone was sitting on everyone's laps. Everyone was getting hammered." It feels like the BBC and the media are going, "Oh no." they can smell a bit of blood again. Do do you know what I mean? Uh, um, But for me, my anger at this has never gone away. It's genuine. You know, I think, I think it's demonstrated everything that is wrong with Boris. He's, he's, I mean, I did a piece about this six months ago. Do you know what I mean? The horror Hmm. of, you know, the Christmas parties and all this sort of shit, and it's still going on. Well, but then, but if you look at like the, this is what I take issue with some of these Tories that are sort of thinking, you know, the reaction to this is, you know, it's going to pass, people will get over it. But I think the damage, the damage is there. If you look at their polling, you know, you look at Boris's uh, approval ratings, which did recover a little bit uh, after the work that he's done in Ukraine. He's, but I still think it could go a bit lower. But I, ju- I just don't know why, who's, I think what there is now probably is, Far too many people that would never vote for the Conservatives under Boris Johnson. That's what I think their problem is. Is I don't think everyone has deserted the Conservative Party under him, but there's some people now, and I might be among them. I, I I don't know. I didn't vote for them at the local elections, but we'll see. And and if you get enough of those people, you can't win power again. So surely they should do the the pragmatic Tory thing of getting the old knives out. 
And it's just a question of oh, practicalities so, at this so point. For me, without a doubt, and it, it's a no-brainer to, to me. I, I, it's funny, I was just thinking before I came on here, I remember asking you last time, who would you mm. vote for? Would you vote for Boris if there was a general election today? And I was going to ask you the same question, but you're still kind of on the fence. But, I mean, but Boris used to be their asset. asset. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He, they, The Tories have never liked him. The Tories don't have, have never thought that he's good or he's adept or, 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 as a politician. Or one of, one of them, you know, he 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 yeah. sort of was an outsider within the yeah. context of the party. But but they could see that he had a uh, you know a bit of charisma with the electorate. And let's face it, the last election, he you know he he I mean he spent most of his time in a fridge and he still won it. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. well, uh, but, he, but, but, but but he now has been all, all of those. You know, bumbling idiot, the the amusing use of Latin, the the sort of the slightly sort of cocky, get away with it kind of thing. That used to be an asset, and 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 now it's not. And and the Partygate story, it's such a perfect story for him. This this sort of image of him, you know, uh, glugging champagne whilst we're mm. all you know saying goodbye to our loved ones over Zoom. I mean, it's kind of, it, it, I think that's why it's hit a chord because it's very Boris. Yes. Well, I mean, just for like the one of there's been some amusing attempts to sort of uh, downplay this, minimise. That's the new word, isn't it? Minimise. Yeah. Was that he had uh, in this photo is that he's got a red box with him, which meant he was doing work, which I just thought I love the idea of that. I remember when I used to work in advertising, I used to walk around with like two bits of paper all the time and I would just be going to speak to girls that I fancied all yeah, day yeah, go, yeah, going yeah, around yeah. the sales floor, but as long as I had those two bits of paper, I mean, you know, it didn't. What is it? He could be. He, he could have been doing Charlie off the red box. Um, easily, easily. Uh, Boris Johnson could have been doing Charlie off his uh, dispatch box. I think his that's what we got. It's to. a nice flat <laughs> surface, isn't it? I mean, I'm not. I'm not making that allegation at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. The, the, no he, I, I, the, I, I used to work in a hotel, and I used to spend eight-hour shifts walking from one end of the hotel to the other with purpose, with a tray, rather yeah. than doing work. You know what I mean? Just like, just, just make it look. And I imagine he's, he's, he's very much like that. Um, would you think yeah. he should have gone for the Bluetooth headset in as well if you wanted to create a full image of yeah, I'm double, yeah, yeah, double yeah. busy? I'm, I'm literally just, yeah, I'm literally just, dash. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, is there something? I mean, one of the things that's been pointed out was just like the birthday cake incident. This was something that that's was what I love known. about it as well. There was a, there was an MP the other day, and they keep referring it to the birthday cake incident. You go, no, there's yeah. it's been proven that there's been widespread criminality across Downing Street. You know. Um, uh, well, yeah, yes, anyway, no, so, I, 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 th- I think, yeah, I mean, that is, well, in a way that brings me on to another point is that I think in this context, there's there's obviously a, a wealth of reasons that he could or should resign, right? Right now, I think, without a doubt. You get 20 years on, like, if he does resign at this point, 40 years on, it will become harder contextually to explain why this happened. It, it, there's no doubt that... The frivolity of the the demantle that has been given of Partygate, it has played against the severity, like you say. I mean, you make you make the point. It's, it's a genuine point. Beergate as well, obviously, to a much lesser extent. I mean, that that was interesting because you know, obviously, they, they tried to start a mud fling, mud slinging thing. In, in one in one breath, the Tories going, "Hey, it was an easy mistake to make. The Prime Minister didn't know what he was doing." And then in the next, yeah. they're going get Keir Starmer for having a beer. You know, it's mm. like, well, which one is it? Do you know what I mean? Um, well, I suppose I suppose that they're kind of going... I mean, it's tricky, isn't it? Because there's definitely, quite clearly, a greater culture of this happening at number 10. Number 10 was setting the rules. You know, it's it's not comparable in a direct sense at all. But the only thing that, that brings it closer is the fact that Starmer rode such a fucking high horse for so long about it and, and told so many stories of... Uh, you know, yeah, dying yeah. relatives. That that is the only thing that, that even brings it into the same orbit. But 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 I think I think had there been Boris's birthday and they were in the cabinet office and someone gave yeah. him a fucking cake and blah 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 and they got fined for that incident, you'd go actually. Do you know what? That's a bit fucking harsh. And we we all sort of uh, yeah. we all we all trod that line, didn't we? A little bit. There were always a few. Every single one of us. There were a few occasions over lockdown. You go. I'm going to make a call on that. And do you know yeah. what I mean? 
Yes, absolutely. But, but, yeah. but, but what's clear about this is that it happened again and again and again and again. And you look at those pictures mm. today and you go in there, you go, it's not a couple of bottles of wine. There's a half a bottle of fucking gin there. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, yeah, yeah. A semi-depleted bottle of gin is a good sign of, a, of something that's gone gone quite yeah. all in, isn't it? it? I mean, that's the thing, is on the table. So there's either one or two things. There's a lot of, where where the Tories, either way, it's not good. Either all alcoholics, like savage alcoholics, and that's just a normal level of drinking for a situation like that. And then you think, well, if they, if they, you know, if they did break the rules unwittingly, that means that they didn't understand their own rules. Their own rules, yeah. Yeah, or, or, yeah. or, that, or that they lied about it. I mean, I just think on a hunch, I think most people in this country, I mean, the podcast is called What Most People Think. Most people think it was there was a culture of this going on and uh, Boris, to varying degrees, has at best, at best, um, been very manipulative with the interpretation of the rules and at worst has flatly lied repeatedly. Well, well like you just said there, he's got two options. I don't know why someone doesn't ask him this in, in these exact, terms it's you either didn't understand the rule that these massive rules Theresa may actually you know Theresa may asked in that in comments she said which is it (laughs) yeah no you're right actually give her that And, and it's one or the other you're either incompetent or you're a fucking liar and by yeah. the looks of it, you know, I'm somewhere between the two. I think it's a bit of both. But but mm. this the, the you know these things sort of also uh, you know if this government was I mean obviously it's it's it is I am biased obviously because I fucking hate the Tories at the best of times yeah, yeah. right. But if this if this was a, a decent government that that hadn't criminally uh weren't criminally negligent in letting all the old people just fucking die and, and you know and if they'd have got this court if if boris's oven ready brexit that he won a majority on on the last one promising to deliver this uh, stick it in the microwave it's fucking done you know mm. for him to two years later be turning around going it's shit yeah but you signed it mate um you know if they'd done some good fucking stuff if the, if child poverty wasn't through the roof and this i can you know i can go on ad nauseum um and usually i do um then a few drinks i'd have gone yeah okay but you, and also, it's his reaction to it. It's 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 his instinct to lie about it and think he can get away with it. Um, that means you are not fit for office. Well, what happens is when I get and and it's great to see anime. But when I get, I'll get some people be a lot, and I've got a lot of left wing people now that listen to a podcast. There'll just be music to there is. Well, that, again, people, that'll be that'll be me bringing that audience to you. So again, yeah, thank no, you. look, Thanks. it's, it's it, I would say it's all advertising revenue, but it's not the way I do this podcast. I'm, I'm the worst fucking capitalist in comedy. Um, he's they'll 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 want to know why I didn't pull you up on a couple of things. So one is that he didn't let all the old people die. I should say some people were. Sadly, allowed to live, and uh, more for pity. <laughs> um, you said you said it was a uh, you said stick it in the microwave. It was it was of course an oven ready deal. I would say with oven ready deals, they're only ever uh, the oven ready meals are partially cooked. So if in a true Johnsonian way, it could be said that in a way it was an oven ready deal because it was, it was yeah, yeah half baked yeah it was half baked yeah, 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 and yeah, some yeah. of it would need yeah. to be finished in the microwave that's what he meant i just think people need to uh, uh show a bit of uh, latitude here but I, I i also would say and i've said this on the last couple of weeks is that i do think that there was a point in covid where the government improved their performance quite dramatically and, and the vaccine rollout and you know and i think that they were right to take a bold shout on giving us our, our freedoms back that does feel like a long time ago now. And also, I do think on Ukraine, whether or not it's played out as well in this country, we've we've taken a bold stance, you know, and I know I know that you've got strong views on the amount of Ru- Russian money swashing around. I mean, I would say they didn't get a very good deal and they could legitimately ask for a fucking refund because we seem to have taken a lead on the military front. How, how do you feel about what we've done in Ukraine? Well... I just can't help think that Liz Truss is just doing it so that she can get a, a you know, like that that image of Thatcher in a tank. 
I think yeah. that's just what what trust is after, really, isn't it? But uh, see, is uh, this the problem when you despise the Tories? Is no matter if we could literally no, no, Boris no, no, could I, throw I, himself in front of a Russian missile, you go, well, that's a good photo op. Okay, I mean, look, look, there are a few people in the in that in the Tory government that I I can't imagine them. I mean, it's like a, a stopped clock is right twice a day, right? So there are, yeah. but there are a few people in that government that I just think I can't imagine you ever saying something that's worth listening to. Nadine Doris, uh, hmm. uh, um, you know, uh, Boris, blah blah blah. But I do have to admit, when they do get things right, that the vaccination thing was uh, impressive it was a fucking gamble and they were lucky mm. but you know uh, so they got that kind of kind of right I'll, gi- I'll give them that um but also I, I felt it was like with, with all the covid stuff it seemed to be actually the stuff where boris just went uh, when he admitted i don't really know what i'm doing here mm. uh, I'll, I'll leave it to someone you know when they left it to the experts it seemed to go go okay and actually, again opening up again it was a gamble that in the end when they opened up at the, at the mm. very end when they opened up that was a gamble that paid off but they'd been opening up like once every couple of months they were bound to get it right at some point yeah, you know, I, I no, I, I, th- I think that it, that is more gracious than a lot of people that are as passionately left wing as you would would, would want to be. Jeff, they're a bunch of fucking cunts, every single last one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Just for balance, there. Well, no, but that you know, but what's interesting at the moment is is you get you know, and obviously you feel vindicated about this conservative government and who they really are, but the. the the, the, the issue is, I think a lot of people would expect conservative voters to feel some sort of like regret about things, but nothing changes the option at the last election, right? So when I sit and think about what would have happened with COVID under Corbyn and McDonnell, I, I don't see a world where they work so closely with the private sector on vaccinations. I just, I just don't see Jeremy Corbyn going, yeah, get the big pharma guys in here. I want to give them some contracts, right? Or, and I know that the PPE stuff attracted a lot of controversy, but the point of that was to just fucking... To buy resolve, it. buy some, yeah, 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 yeah. buy it. You know, even if we have to sort of burn it for heat yeah. in a couple <laughs> yeah. of years because yeah. of the energy crisis, and and then you know, in terms of what Labour would have done in terms of well, actually, when you think about Corbyn, I wonder actually because he is like a freedom guy, like he's a Democrat, so. I don't know. I think the Labour Party as a whole would have looked to lock down sooner, longer, harder, right? And wouldn't have come out of it as quick. I think Corbyn himself, I don't know. I mean, he didn't fucking shield, did he? He wasn't up for that. They was, people of his age were supposed to not leave the house for a while and he was still sitting there in the Commons, tutting. <laughs> yeah, and, and just seeing what his brother was up to that day. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, just, oh, God, shut the fuck up. Um, well, no wonder, no wonder he feels like he's actually quite moderate. When you look at his brother getting yeah, exactly. fucking rugby exactly. tackled by old Bill every Thursday, he must have thought, <laughs> yeah, I'm, "I'm actually a centrist." Yeah, I'm um, a, I'm re- yeah, go on. Well, look, we have got I mean, that's never happened on what most people think. We uh, we have launched straight. Well, no, we've launched straight in, and I think that was like you know one of those films that starts with a car chase. Uh, I yeah. think it, I think that was that. But uh, we'll come back to politics uh, in a while. Look, we should do uh, some of the, the normal bits of the intro here. I mean, we've gone straight right, in. It's right, all right. good fun. But I, but I should say hello to new patrons. Where v, If you're a VIP patron, you get mentioned straight at the top of the show. And, of course, I don't know if you remember, Tom, we, we, we speculate on who these people are by dint of their name. And this yep. guy's name is, is Mark Bennett. What is a Mark Bennett when he's at home? Mark Bennett it just sounds, sounds like... like a, it sounds like a bully. <laughs> it sounds like a bully. The Bennetts. Well, no, the, yeah. the notorious Bennets from round the way. <laughs> they were yeah. notorious family in Dunstable. Mark Bennett, he just um, Bennett. he's been always getting suspended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did he did six years. They he? just tried to Cheap. keep him because actually he was quite he wasn't a stupid lad, so they just tried to keep him in just so he could get a couple of passes on his business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he became completely fucking unmanageable towards the end. Yeah. And 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 we're talking here sort of this is kind of pretty typical of your demographic, isn't it? Uh, he, he, yeah, I mean, I was going to try and go, you know, I've got all sorts of, yeah. Look, it's pretty male, but also, you know, there are, it's changing. No, well, it's changing. most people that listen to this podcast have done time, is what, is what I'm... They, they have done time, or they know people that have done time, or they visited somebody in a prison. Yeah. Or they want to. 
Yeah, yeah. all they've yeah. said. They've said yeah. <laughs> um, so welcome, Mark. So if you join, I've just this uh, today uploaded uh, an online gig I did a couple of weeks ago for Always Be Comedy. Plenty of content coming. If you like the fact that this doesn't have adverts, and increasingly is the last podcast that has a decent listenership without adverts, I'm just... I'm going down this rabbit hole. Follow me and become a patron. Just go to the website, uh, what most people think, and just type in Jeff Norcott. Uh, we have our super patron, David Domain. His talking point last from last week's episode was about healthcare systems. So we were talking, I was talking about um, how our healthcare compares, you know, against other publicly funded uh, bodies. And, and there's, we're in the top 10, but we're 10th. Um, countries ahead of us include South Korea, Taiwan. Oh, that was it. I was saying, why do we spend more per percentage of our GDP and have less doctors per head than Germany or France, right? So we do spend, I believe, a greater percentage of our GDP. So what's going wrong there? And the countries ahead of us are Denmark, Austria, Japan, Australia, France, Spain and Belgium. Although Spain and Belgium had a really shocking record in the, uh, in the COVID, didn't they? I don't know why, why theirs was so bad. They weren't the ones that tried to just do nothing for a bit. Who was that? No, no, Belgium were quite uh, in a bit. No, Sweden. Ah, uh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, yeah. Sweden. I mean, they're, they're all the same. Sweden. <laughs> fucking Nordics. Belgium, whatever. The fucking Nordics. I've never heard of <laughs> <Is that, laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, fair point there. So, I mean, we're in the top 10. That's not bad, but we could do with more doctors uh, per head. I don't know if you've seen your doctor recently, Tom, but they've sort of become like local celebrities. If you spot them, they get packed. Yeah, I mean, I I have to wait two or three weeks for a GP appointment. So, that's actually not the worst in the grand scheme of things. But that's mental. I mean, like, if you were to mm. go most places, I mean, most places, certainly in Europe, you could yeah. see a doctor the next day. I mean, like, to me, it's great. And I've never seen the Do, Is that true, twice. though? I, I believe what you've just said, but then I suddenly go, it's like the fact that there are... Oh, yeah, I, I have no evidence of that. It just yeah, in my head. <laughs> it's like the fact that there are food banks in Germany, and there's quite a lot. I, I just... I just presume that food banks were we're the only ones, probably America as well. But it turns out there are food banks in a lot of uh, developed countries, and I, and I instinctively would think the same as you. Well, that's all right then. If if Germany's doing it, then uh, yeah, I we, don't know. Yeah, we, we should, should try we and should, have more. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Well, exactly. I think we're probably more than the German. Germans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we. Um, so the other point, and and this is uh, another regular listener and patron, David Price. Uh, he made a point, which I'm going to call the price point. You see, nice. got domain, domain talking point and price point. Was he? We were talking about how people see themselves or primarily identify from within the UK. Uh, this is off the back of when I was on Question Time, and, and some guy kept saying that uh, Northern Ireland was in Britain, and um, I, I corrected him. But obviously, when all the lefties shared that, they clipped me out at the end because obviously, yeah, let's yeah, go yeah, for yeah. The, let's go, yeah. it doesn't really suit the gammon narrative. Um, but what he showed was was the way that uh, people, you know, primarily see themselves by region. And, and it's interesting was that in London, most people see themselves as British first. But the moment you get out of London, the rest of England is English first. I mean, it's just it's such a stark graphic when you see it. I mean, there are a couple of areas where there's an exception, you know, Bristol, Brighton, other cities beginning with B. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, 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 and in Scotland, obviously, you know, the amount of people in Scotland that see themselves as primarily Scottish has gone up from about 57% to about 72%. <laughs> Rather than British. Yeah, yeah. Well, British first. <laughs> so... So it's, it's kind of Scottish first rather than... doesn't mean they don't see themselves as British at all, but what do they primarily identify as? And yeah, the, I mean, this is one of the things I think Labour have a problem with is that it's hard enough for them to sort of be at ease with being positive about Britain. If they were trying to reconcile with being English, they would lose direct debits left, right and centre because plenty of the, all the momentum types would be like, what, this racism, this, this slide to fascism... The, the, you know, to be nationalistic about England is the last, you know, it, you, you can't do it. You can do it if you're Welsh, Scottish, yeah. Irish, Northern Irish. But if you're English, I mean, in fact, imagine waving an English flag outside your house when a football game wasn't on. You'd yeah. get shit through your door from from a, the Guardian reader down the road. Do you know what I mean? You, um, well, you, I think you've got a couple of weeks leeway before and after a tournament. 
Yeah, and, or, and obviously with the Jubilee coming up. Um, the you can... Jubilee coming up. Well, what what you might get is if you had a St George's Cross hanging outside, people would also factor in how hard it was to take it back down again. Yeah, yeah. What most people think. We do a thank you and a fuck you, uh, which is just a piece of gratitude and a piece of uh, bile. Do you, do you have a thank you this week? Or something you're grateful for? Just. I was thinking about this. You mentioned it that that yeah, it's something I'm grateful for. No, no, mm. no one to thank really, but uh, it did occur to me this morning. I was like, what am I grateful for? And uh, this sounds really awful, but um, mm. I was just thinking this morning, I'm so fucking glad I've got some money in the bank. Because, <laughs> right, no, I don't, no, I don't mean it. And I don't mean it to be kind of like, hey, I'm fucking loaded, because I'm not, right? Yeah. But I, I spent a couple of decades, like, proper poor, right? Like, I know what it's yeah. like to go into Sainsbury's and have, like, six pounds in your in your jeans and go, this has got to last me a week, right? Let's blah, blah, mm. blah, you know? I'm just so fucking glad with all this shit that's going on right now. That because if this had happened ten years ago, like prices going mm. through the fucking roof. I mean, I don't know what I'd have done, right? So I'm just, I'm just really, I'm genuinely grateful that um, I, I am not impacted in the way that a lot of people are. Do you yeah, know what I mean, you, re- you recognise that that's a, a privilege that you've got to be a bre- breathing space, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have to work six jobs and 50 hours a week to not be able to afford my gas bill, which is where millions of people are right now. And and um, and where I was a couple of years back. So it's like, it's like, thank fuck for that. Yeah, yeah. well, that, I mean, it was just, we were saying just before we went on air that you um, you finished the tour about six months ago. Um, and you, you've, you've had a good chill out since then. I, I, I decided to give myself a couple of months off after that, and then a few weeks ago, I realised shit. I haven't really been working for six months. That's why all, everyone's like, "Why aren't you writing about this?" It's like I'm having a bit of time off, but um, yeah, I need to get back on the on the pie horse. Um, well, you, but- <laughs> yeah, you you seemed you seemed quite happy the moment we got on, and that normally suggests that that you haven't been. Doing, doing much within the world of comedy. Because yeah. <laughs> comedy. I mean, yeah, well, well, there is, I mean, it's weird. I've got some, um, I've got some gigs coming up and, mm. uh, and I'm not really, because uh, like over the summer, the only real way to earn money gigging is doing like the festival yeah. circuit. Do you know what I mean? So I'm doing a few festivals, but um, so I'm doing Glastonbury this year. Sorry, I don't know how we got onto this. Um, no, no. It's and, and uh, but it's kind of weird. Like when, when so I'm doing the theatre and, circus tent right because mm. i think they had a comedy tent but they don't anymore so i was headlining that last time right and and this time round because <clears throat> i'm not really part of the comedy world i don't really gig i don't really know know these people but suddenly on this gig list is like the josh widdicombs and the nish kumars and the and it's like oh fuck it's like they might mm. they might watch me i don't know why i'm like really nervous no. of like Real because in normal comedy terms, that's what normally happens, right? You have your mm. peers, you do a you do a set, and the and obviously the polite thing to do, I imagine, if you're gigging, is to like stick around and watch the rest of the gig, right? Yeah, well, pre phones, people used to do that more. Now they're just you know there's less chance of that. I, I yeah, I, I get those nerves because I did a gig uh, in Cambridge Saturday just gone, and it was for uh, it was for Jester Laugh and Tom. It was like Tom Davis and friends. So I know Tom; yeah. it's near where I live. So I went along and did it. But just uh, just a simple thing of of him seeing me do stand up live for the first time. Yeah. It scared the shit out of me because I've been doing tour shows uh, and you kind of go on, you can set your own tempo. Do you know what I mean? You know yeah. how to navigate certain things. Yeah. And suddenly I had a 25 minute slot where I had to go out and do like the 2020 cricket. So there was no forward defensives. Yeah. It was all, there you go. There's a cricket analogy. Well done. It was all, it was all heaving for the boundary and I, I got really fucking nervous, man. So um, that's probably not what you want to hear. I've said, no, you're right to be nervous. I'm going to do the uh, the fuck you, and the fuck you is for... So when this news broke, right, uh, of the photos this week, this is kind of like a sidebar to the Boris thing, but a lot of... It seemed to be... A lot of people were saying the same thing. A lot, uh, a lot of the journos were saying the same thing, which was, as Dominic Cummings predicted, photos have, have emerged of the... Dr- I was like, sorry, it's him sharing them. It's yeah. him coordinating this. You don't get yeah. to say, as Dominic Cummings predicted, like he's some great fucking yeah. soothsayer. Yeah. Dominic Cummins is he's got an uncanny ability to predict stuff he's gonna do. 
like yes. stuff he's already got yeah. on his to-do list. I, I've got Fuck to be Boris even harder. Yep, I, I, I hadn't picked up on that, uh, on, on, mm. on that, 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 uh, that this was, and it makes complete sense the minute you say it. Of course it is. Do you, mm. do you know what I mean? Um, what, well, why, I, why, why would, why is he waiting to, waited until, waiting? Why is he waited mm. until this moment? I think he structured the reveals to see what comes. So if he doesn't feel like uh, repercussions are strong enough to keep building the pressure, because obviously if he'd done it all in one dump, you know, you could it's, you it's could navigate you could navigate that hump. So it's been sort of expertly stage managed. And look, he's got his beef and stuff. It was just the fact that I, it made me wonder if he's said to these journos one of the conditions of me giving you this information is that you've got to say as Dominic Cummins predicted, <laughs> yeah. because yeah, yeah, that yeah, is yeah. what he wants to be seen as more than anything is some sort yeah. of uh, Oracle, but you know, which, as, is, as, which is ridiculous because he is the man who is directly responsible for getting Boris into number 10. So, so it's like, if you're such a yeah. fucking soothsayer, um, uh, you, you know, and he's, he's almost admitted like within days of getting him into number 10, yeah. he's going, what have I done? You know, yeah. um, he really should have should have thought it through, shouldn't he? But, well, yeah. I, I think that I suppose he thought, I, I get the impression he thought the prime minister could be more malleable. Um, so he recognised his flaws, but he sort of forgot that there was a civil service <laughs> and a party machinery that would be around, you know, because an election yeah. campaign is slightly different. They give you your head, you know, do whatever it takes to get elected. But then yeah. he sort of found, you know, he's found the civil service a bit of an issue. But also, I think, you know, it, if Boris was in there, you know, quaffing, you know, uh, champagne and, you know, banging carry and picking out wallpaper and whatever it is he fucking does. But everyone all around three, him, all three, all three of those. But, but, <laughs> but if he was surrounded by competence and direction and uh, a fucking a plan. I mean, you, you look at like, for example, the cost of living crisis, right? I mean, I read yesterday Boris going, nothing's off the table. It's like, when are you going to come up with something then? Mm. You know, you're not, when are you going to cut VAT or do fucking something? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, well, no, no, I absolutely think that, I mean, I've been leading a one man campaign. I mentioned it on Question Time about cutting VAT. And um, so I don't want to claim the credit. Surprise, surprise. Cabinet briefing following day, we're talking about cutting VAT. So just, just so it, people know. But to me, it's so obvious, not, not to pissing on your fire. Um, but but it's like, it's such an obvious, like... I know, you can, I know. You, you can just, you can fucking help people's pockets like that, like immediately. Yeah, overnight. and it shouldn't be 20%. And I mean, that's... And and also like like they're all I, I've, all the interviews I've been reading you know with with these government ministers in inverted commas but it's like you know but long term this long term that you go it's gr that's great you've got to be thinking long term but short term people can't afford fucking bread so let's do some short term stuff as well do you know yeah. what I mean like cutting that or uh, well and know. also just on a moral point so even if you take it out of the context of the current cost of living crisis. VAT should not be 20%. No, it should, that's it's really that fucking... I, when it, when the tax was first in, introduced, I think it was about 3.5%. So it, ju yeah. it just shouldn't be... At I that remember level. it being 75 or 8%. I remember it being that. Or, or it's 25%, but all other taxes are really low. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's your main fucking tax. Is people buying stuff, we tax the shit out of it. Um, you, you know, th that could work, but 20% is mad. I mean, it's so nebulous as well. Is is yeah. like other tax? You go income tax. You go get that national insurance. It doesn't get used for that. But you understand the principle of national insurance, and then you go value added tax. It's such a. Am I uh, am I right in thinking that VAT is is technically a tax on the business rather than the consumer? But it's a, but it's a tax that generally seems to be passed on. Yeah, passed on. Well, I've sure. often I'm said sure. this. There is there are some government taxes that that do strike you as a little bit mob like like mob actions, yeah. where like VAT is yeah, it's the uh, it's the value added tax. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to do business twenty percent? It's going to be twenty percent. Well, you want to go? You want to? Where else are you going to sell that that coffee? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll, th I'll throw in tampons and women's yeah. goods without it. There you go. Uh, look, <laughs> we're nice guys, so baby milk 
Tampax, uh, what the bread? Exclude bread. <laughs> Fuck, whatever. <laughs> um, Amazing. So, all right, we're going to get into, well, I'll say the first main topic. This is more of Jesus a, Christ. A, a, a nebulous organic thing here. We're just uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Labour Party. Okay, so obviously you look at local elections and polls and, you know, certainly I think that as long as the, the Tories keep Boris Johnson, it would be very hard for them to form a majority. But I do feel like Labour are just sitting there waiting to win by default. They, they strike me as a boxer fighting Mike Tyson at the end of his career who's already been bitten on the ear once and is just thinking, I'll tell you what, he's going to fucking bite me again. I'll just let him bite me again. I, I don't think that is a strategy because Labour have done this repeatedly you know, they keep thinking, well, the Tories are just going to implode forever, and then somehow they pull it around. Now, maybe it's too far gone. But I think, and this is a question I was just interested in, what you think. What what have Labour got to do to make people vote for them rather than against the Tories? What is it, is it what they're doing? Is it just a slow trudge towards acceptability? I mean, how... I, th- I, th- I, think, there is, I think there is something to be said for, for, for not uh, taking your foot off the pedal when it comes to pointing out the mm. present government's problems. I mean, that is a reasonable path to power because I think that there is some exceptional incompetence that has been going on, right? But, I mean, I think Labour of, you know, the reason Labour are so fucked is Brexit. Do you know what I mean? It's fucked mm. them. But what I would say is Brexit technically has been delivered right um so that they're sort of off the hook there a bit do you know in a way yeah, yeah. i mean you know the last election it, it was still like i mean i think that's why the red wall collapsed is because most of the red wall wanted brexit right so, but that that's done now hmm. so i think labor are at an advantage post Brexit, but they need some fucking. They need. Well, Starmer is shit scared of, of being associated with being anti Brexit, which is really weird because he literally was the one that that manoeuvred for a second referendum. And I actually think it wasn't so much the how pro uh, Brexit the Red Rule was; it was the fact that Labour wanted to act against this democratic outcome. That that was the real killer. Yeah, but 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 but, 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 but now that it's happened, he can't do that again. So what he can do is go is is you know obviously I mean Boris is admitting that this Brexit deal is going to have to be kind of renegotiated right so it's sort of back on the table it's like so we can now have a discussion about which always annoyed me with with Remainers that that for three or four years the discussion is about well should we have a Brexit or shouldn't we you go no that that question was answered on referendum day right we need to talk about we need to talk about the type of Brexit and I think you know had very early on. Labour started talking in terms of what is the best kind of Brexit we can deliver. We didn't want it, but now that you voted for it, mm. I think they'd have recovered by now and we'd have possibly have a much better deal, right? Um, <clears throat> but also they don't have anything, you know, there's nothing juicy on the table that is electoral gold, like doing something about uh you know, uh, tuition fees or something, you know, or, or you know, well, for, forgiving a load of debt or, I don't know, even fucking legalising weed or, you know, some, some big But see, that's hitters, the thing is, Starmer know. would never do that because no. he doesn't want to be... As a, and I, I often think is that the big fear is that you'll be on the front of the sun with a Photoshop spliff yeah. right, and it goes, Star, and they'll come up with some, but weed, Starmer, it'd be a very weak pun. It would just be trying to associate someone with being a, being a pothead. And actually, Starmer's probably less likely to do that than Boris, I would say. But yeah. the... But they, I mean, they've they've been done. I think the media are broadly friendly to the Labour Party at the moment, so they've got a lot of ground out of a windfall tax, which really is just a fucking one card trick. It's literally a one off. I mean, here you go. Here's a few quid in in your pocket. But that's what I wonder is 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 how left wing can their policies be without scaring the shit out of sort of Middle England and the Red Wall, which is it's, it's complicated, isn't it? Because the Red Wall. Actually, if you look at polling, they like the idea of nationalising each utility, trains, post office. All of them score highly. I think the question is, is that those voters aren't saying nationalise fucking all of them. Is it a case of picking two, you know? I mean, or or just trains. I mean, would trains be a good one to say, like a really proper left-wing policy? We're going to nationalise the trains. Yeah, I don't see why not. Or you go the fucking, take your pick. 
Do you know what I mean? The waterboard. Yeah. We're taking it back. Uh, yeah. You know, or, or whatever, just something. Um, um, I, I mean, I think that, I, I mean, you, you make the, why not find out some left-wing socialist policies that are appropriate for the shit that's going on right now and, and push for them. Uh, do you know what I mean? I mean, uh, is it's not the answer, but is is the answer to the rising, you know, fuel and gas problems to renationalise the gas and, the you know, uh, yeah. have these fucking discussions. Um, I mean, again, I think the, the, the idea of left and right is so sort of, doesn't fucking mean anything anymore i think what would serve labor best is you know and i've said it a million times ad nauseum is stay away from the social progressive policies and stick to fiscal well in a way in a way that is what they have done and we'll come back to that in a sec but it's worth saying that renationalization of trains i think and a couple of other utilities actually scores quite highly among conservative votes too it's, it's not it's sort of like, like i've got my own views on renationalization but it's fair to say that it's generally quite popular um with the general public is it legitimate to worry that you know, the, the voters, the worry that some voters might have is you go, well, the Labour Party is still the same Labour Party that voted for Corbyn twice, campaigned for him twice in an election. Is that, is that this facade that they get together, you know, they go, right, let's get some sensible people on the front bench because they had a few years where there were some fucking nutters, right? And they say, let's get, let's get in your Yvette Cooper, you know, the centrist mother of dragons, you know, let's get in people. Yeah, they've got some good performers in there, like where's Street in, you know, and let's present that face. But then the voters go, well... Once you get in power, will that be when the real battle for control begins and we have further moves on decolonisation of the curriculum, self-ID, for even more sort of uh, ambitious targets for diversity and inclusion? Is that where they might come unstuck? Is that fear in the voters that they will... I mean, the Conservative Party themselves have been relatively... I mean, apart from things like you know immigration policy, they've been fairly woke, to coin a phrase, is that the, the Labour Party will just lurch left once they have the keys to the castle? Um, I mean, it's a, yeah, I mean, and, and it is a real danger. It is a real danger when Keir Starmer can't answer uh, the question, you know, what is a woman? And you go, well, this is this is, this is right at the forefront of the culture war. You better have a fucking, you better have your fucking answer straight mm. by the next election. And one way or another, you're going to piss a lot of people off, right? Um, uh, 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 so I, I think... Because people like Lisa Nandy as well, she's very uh, strong on trans stuff. You know, she's very in favour of self-ID and the idea that, uh, you know, a trans woman is a woman. So is Angela Rayner and stuff. So while, as I identified last week on the podcast, those concerns aren't big priorities for most voters. They're the kind of things that once you get into the sphere of a general election campaign... It could start to. It'd be easy to make them look ridiculous to a lot of the British public. Yeah, uh, on, on these sorts of issues, absolutely. But 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 when when Keir Starmer turns around and goes, I don't think this is the time or place for this sort of discussion. Well, it's in the middle mm. of a political interview about something that's political uh, and, and, and and a, a question that he should have seen coming as well. Like, yeah, so if that's like your yeah yeah. And also, it's it's a it's a question designed to trip you up. Why have you not got a fucking answer? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, um, and and this is where it's it's going to come unstuck because the the right will always throw the left's tactics back at them. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So it will be it's the left that attack the right wing for being transphobic. And then the it's it's like um you know recently when we decided to send all our uh, immigrants to Rwanda, and then everyone you know which I happened to agree with people who were going that's really a, a pretty abhorrent way to do it, and then they turned round and went well that's pretty xenophobic to say it's bad to send people to Rwanda. You, do you know what I mean? That's that's anti-Rwanda to say that. Do you know what I mean? And how they turn our own language kind of back on us you know yeah yeah no it was it was it was a bit uh it was a bit affected wasn't it i mean we have discussed this on this podcast but they're sort of saying simultaneously that something that's supposed to be a deterrent right which would imply that you're going well no one want to go there yeah, 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 and then, yeah. when, then when people go no one want to go there you go how dare, dare you how dare you <laughs> you fucking racist yeah um is it is it a question like is it 
This is what I wonder at the moment, right? Is is we there's this idea that the Tories are in chaos, governing badly, and there's plenty of evidence to, to suggest that. But I wonder, with the volume of scrutiny on politicians now, the different ways that we can see what they're doing, you know, interviews about the news channels now. I mean, new television channels, social media. Is it possible now to govern? And this is what I wonder: is, is the idea that you know, if we got the Tories out, we'd have this smooth sailing ship. Sort of with Starmer at the helm, and there'd be no, no fuck ups. But I just I don't know anymore if it's possible to govern smoothly because of the media environment. Now it's not to say that people couldn't govern better, but you see where I'm coming from. I I, I, I agree with you that I think it's a self uh, perpetuating kind of thing where, whereby we are so, and we and we all do it now in the age of social media. We are so quick to jump on someone who makes an error of judgment or a slip of the tongue, or gets their their uh, facts wrong, um, or statistics wrong, or whatever, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Uh, and, you know, you can see that politicians... Politicians never say anything in an interview because they're sort of trained to just... You know, and it's so frustrating mm. for us, but they never answer the fucking question. They answer a different question that they've got a set answer to. But it's sort of self-perpetuating because if I was a politician, I'd be terrified to go on Good Morning Britain mm. and have a normal discussion because if I say something wrong, it will be leapt upon. Do you know what I mean? So you don't say mm. anything at all. And then... It's a then, terrible job being a politician. It's, it's a much it's worse horrible. job than it used to be. Like, because if you think back before um, the Commons was televised, right... Yeah, this old, you know, Sir Bernard Blinkinsop, you know, yeah. rice, rice lip east, backbench for 20 years, you vote on hunting, you do an interview, bit of campaigning, couple of surgeries a year, loads That's of it. nice expenses. You, you, don't have, you don't have some clip of you on fucking like ye olde LBC going viral because yeah. you, didn't know, <laughs> you didn't know how much a musket was, right? And then, and it, you know, it is, it's so unappealing as a job. And, and you know, the problem is we can't increase the, the pay that they get in this environment because the public will lose their fucking minds. You know, any any extra media work that they do do, you know, obviously there's a second jobs issues with the Tories. There's a lot of Labour people that have a very kind of high media profile. People like David Lammy got his own radio show. Yeah. I'd, look, I know there's worse things in the world to have your own radio show, but to me that just suggests you're a bit of a fucking show pony. Whether yeah, it's left or yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but talking about second jobs, we've got a chancellor of the Exchequer worth £700 million. Pounds. I mean, that's But look, and he's that, still that, that doing be... politics, Tom. That means he wants to make the world better. Of Think he of does. Of course he does. <laughs> he could just he be does. melting down his gold, you know, like, but he, he chooses to be there. I David know, Lammy has to have an LBC thing. <laughs> he needs the cash. <laughs> Okay, just do a quick um, hype here. We've got some more uh, patrons to welcome to the Patreon community. Everyone's got to have a community these days. We've got Stephen Fowler, who I'm afraid today does sound like somebody who did a heinous violent crime in the early 90s. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, Stephen Fowler, but peer people, have, there's been a search for, and someone was arrested earlier with blood-stained clothing found in their van. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Fowler just is Albert Square to me, isn't it? I mean, that's he the Fowlers, the, origin, the original EastEnders family. I don't know if he's related to Pauline and Arthur. He he might have been, might have been a Fowler. Do you remember when they did the story about um, Arthur being depressed? That was ahead of his fucking time, wasn't it? Yeah, and he smashed the... Yeah, yeah, I remember that. He, he smashed his living room up. That was... Uh, yeah. Yeah, we all tuned in on Christmas Day for that. That was the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then we forgot about depression for another 20 years. We're like, God, yeah, that's yeah, what it's like. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah. not talk about it. Uh, yeah. We've got Tim here. Whenever we have a name without a surname, we have to speculate on what left-wing establishment he works in that he can't identify himself. I would say that Tim is probably working for... Who would Tim be working for? I mean, we, we've had... We've gone... I think Tim would be... Amnesty. Amnesty. We've never had Amnesty. Yeah, Tim... <laughs> Amnesty, but he'd also be one of those dodgy bastards that goes over to those countries and, and abuses his power and just shags around in fucking civil yeah. war zones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not Tim. Uh, and then he comes this. back. Then he comes back to Britain and then boasts about the humanitarian work he does and he gets more shagging out of that. Tim's out of that as well. Legend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Riddled as well, Tim. 
Absolutely riddled. Uh, Adam Blenkhorn. Um, is that German? Adam Blenkhorn? It just, uh, he sounds like a right back for Borussia Dortmund, doesn't he? Like, yeah. you find out that he was born in England, you go, fucking. <laughs> he could play for us but he's not that daft well welcome one and all to the Patreon community I've got last remaining tour dates this week I mean why can I never remember this I mean Maidenhead Friday that'll probably be sold out by the time this gets uploaded uh, Spalding uh, on Saturday that very much won't be sold out by the time this goes up and then on on Sunday the last uh, day of this tour in Wimbledon Theatre we've got loads of tickets sold but it is a big venue do come along. And then I'm at Edinburgh Festival. I'm at Edinburgh Festival, and it's going to be this tour show, but I'm going to zhuzh it the fuck up. You're going to be... There's going to be loads of new... Well, the toys would have just done more stupid shit, won't they? I mean, that is... Uh, wow. Well, do you uh, normally do uh, Edinburgh? Have you done yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, try yeah, yeah. To. I, I, do, I do a couple of weeks. I do a couple of weeks. For me, sins. I just think this is the best show that I've ever done, and all the years that I've put in taking really... Like, I took one show to Edinburgh that the critics liked, which obviously meant it wasn't funny. Yeah. Um, I took one show that was really funny and the critics hated, and, and this one, I don't care what... I'm, I'm not going to invite any critics. It's, I just think it's a good show. So, yeah, it's um, really strange. strange. My, my last show that I did is, like, my proudest... Kind yeah. of, I, I fucking loved that show. And it's kind of weird now because you kind of go, well, I can't tour it again. Just, I know. You, you know, and you just go, like, all of that material it, that took me, you know, because it, it, because the, the, the tour got, you know, shut down halfway through because of COVID. And then two years later, I revisited the same script and made it in my, mm. you know, it was really nice to revisit a script and, like, kill a few darlings and go, let's tighten this the fuck out of this. And, and now you just go, it's done now, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's weird. I've never thought that before this tour. And I think that it's what the good thing about writing books, you write a book, it's just there. It's like yeah. a performance that somebody does for you. They actually do the read in their yeah, own way. I know brain. what you mean. So, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so that's of, why I'm trying to get another book away. Well, yeah, I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should write one together. That's, uh, you know. Um... We, sh- we should do stuff together. It's always... But you know, but that's what happens whenever we do the podcast. People go, "You should do stuff together." You just fucking did. We did a whole hour here, <laughs> um, and obviously, uh, all Jonathan Pye stuff, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on TikTok, uh, fucking MySpace, uh, Friends Reunited, MySpace. Yeah, yeah I yeah. don't know. You know, I'm a, I am apparently on TikTok, but I don't have a TikTok account. But I, so people just TikTok on my behalf. I think. Well, don't don't look it on TikTok. Go go on YouTube or anywhere that Tom can actually make some capital out of this. Yeah, don't look it on TikTok. Some seventeen year old prick making money out of Tom. Go to YouTube. All right, just a quick subject here. I mean, there are. I'm talking. I want to talk about the cultural mood. Uh, in in broadcasting like television and comedy and stuff because I just wondered after years of you know um, sort of right on or woke thought seeming to be taking hold in comedy are there signs that it's going back the other way and the the reason I say this is that the head of Netflix recently said um, maybe the staff aren't the best people to decide what should be in our comedy specials (laughs) yeah it's a revolutionary idea uh, the Channel 4 boss came out uh, in support of Jimmy Carr after the joke about uh, the travelling community. There's been a couple of shows that I've really enjoyed, called one called Hacks on Amazon Prime, which is about an older comic and a younger writer. And it has a real contest of ideas in it. There's also Chivalry with Steve Coogan, which represents kind of like, the, you know, the, the views of the dinosaur and the young director. And I just thought, have they realised, Tom, that comedy is really hard when <laughs> you're trying to hashtag be kind, you know, and doesn't yeah. mean you have to be yeah. mean, but yeah. do, you, do you sense that in the wind that, that things are changing a little bit in comedy, I think, I I think, mean, not in other stuff? Yeah, no, I think, I think there is a bit of a shift. I think, uh, you know, for, for several years I was there flying the flag for, you know, for free speech and comedy. And I didn't get much truck in the comedy world for it because, uh, because there used to be, and there still is this sort of idea that if you go, you, I'm defending someone's right to tell a joke that I find unsavory, that you must kind of condone the joke. Mm. Um, I, I think it's really interesting that Netflix uh, didn't sort of bow down to pressure because of the, you know, with the Chappelle thing and also also with the car thing. You know, there was there were calls for it to be taken down mm. or to be edited. But what I found really interesting about the Jimmy Carr thing was all these uh you know all these newspapers when they were reporting it they were always putting joke in inverted commas G- jimmy cartels mm. anti you know uh, uh, offensive 
joke, as if there was some sort of debate about whether yeah. it was a joke or not, mm. because people were saying, well, it wasn't funny, so it's not a joke, or, you know, and the context is, he is a comedian, it's a Netflix special, yeah. and he has, an and he has, and some audience are laughing, and and he has set the joke up as, this is the worst thing you could possibly say under these circumstances. I mean, he's aware of yeah. what he's kind of doing there. I'm really happy to debate whether, whether the joke was uh, appropriate or offensive or stepped over a line or whatever, but I'm not going to sit and debate whether it was a joke or not because it was a fucking joke. But that's you know the point, I mean? isn't it? For them to have the conversation they want to have, they have to pull it away because they know yes. the truth. The truth is, yeah, yeah. is not as, as, as doesn't have as much gravitas as, as serious things, as real, real life. It is a joke, but then what they have is a feeling... And they just want to visit some of that feeling on you. So they yeah. have to essentially be manipulative by pulling it out of context. And it's interesting we have this this chat today is that uh, Ricky Gervais' special has gone up. And now this might be a thing with Netflix specials, as with Chappelle, as with Jimmy Carr, is that bit by bit some stuff will emerge that some people find contentious. And he's got a routine, what I would call some fairly spicy stuff on trans. I think it's very funny and uh, it's very it's very bold. Um, and there was a there was a review in the Independent which gave it two stars, obviously. Of course, yeah, yeah. And then and then um, <laughs> the guy reviewing it said that uh, you know he still sells out. Many people will be baffled that he still sells out arenas and has globally successful television shows. And I thought, look, success in itself isn't proof of something per se. But if fucking shitloads of people really like something, especially as something as kind of individual as comedy, he's He's good at it. Like people yeah, like yeah. him. That's it speaks for itself. <clears throat> I, I yeah, yeah. I mean I, I found it really interesting when um uh Louis C.K. got done for being a pervert, right? And uh there was about a year later he started gigging again. And for a start, he started gigging and one of his warm-up gigs, one of his very first warm-up gigs was recorded. Right. Hmm. And uh, it was uh, there was a joke in it about a school shooting where he said um, the best way to get out of a, you know, to survive a school shooting is throw a fat kid in the line of fire. Right. Which I found was funny. Right. Because it's clearly the target of the joke is the nonchalance and and the uh, and the uh, normality of kids being shut up at fucking school, right? And you had all these yeah. articles going, Louis C.K. mocks, mocks victims of school shootings. You're like, again, it, it's the same thing with the Jimmy Carr joke in inverted commas. It's like, why are you deliberately misrepresenting a joke? Because you don't like a particular aspect of Louis C.K., which is which is unrelated, but clearly vile, right? He likes wanking yeah. in front of women. But why are you not telling the truth about... Mm. His mocking package. Yeah. And and I look <laughs> I, I looked up the Guardian's review, the the last review of Louis C.K. before he got done mm. or, or exposed as this. And it was five stars, he's pushing boundaries, he's always on the nut, blah, 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 mm. blah, blah. And then the review after that was like he's doing the same old shit that he's done for years, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, just be honest about it. Okay, yeah. is it good or isn't it? Or you know, like you could you could say about Ricky Gervais, you like you know, well certainly by now, if it's not going to be to your taste, why are you watching it? Do, yeah, do, do you know what I mean? Well, that I think is what's changed the landscape. Is that that when comedy was essentially foist on people, it was you know it's terrestrial. You could you could make arguments about whether or not you were being subjected to it, right? I, yeah. I still don't think that you yeah. were as such, but that, like with the podcast download specials on Netflix there's there's an element of selection that, that really changes the game more than anyone's willing to acknowledge is that people are are buying into this right yeah I, I mean you will I suppose you will eventually have the equivalent of the I don't pay my license fee for this rubbish of people go I don't pay my Netflix direct debit for this rubbish but the fact that you select to watch it means for me that gives even more artistic license to the comic because yeah. they're sitting there they don't have to be watched yeah it's also like like with me when I put stuff out online, like the normal YouTube stuff, I'm I write it differently because I'm aware that you can stumble across Jonathan Pye stuff on Facebook, right? So I'm not mm. going to be calling everyone a cunt, and I'm not going to be 
saying things that are deliberately provocative or contentious in the main. Whereas if I'm on stage and you've got people have paid 20 quid and they're in that theatre and th- that contract, it's it's an implicit contract that you've mm. got you've you've got with that audience that you don't have, say, with uh an online audience, you know, and it's the same with Netflix. You go, there's a contract there. You've pressed play. Do you want to watch this? Yes, I do. Warning can take, yes, I still want to watch it. You've, you've entered that contract, right? So, so I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, if you were doing a, 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 a writing a special that you knew was going to go out on BBC One at 10 o'clock and people would just kind of stumble on it, you would probably take that into account. You know, can but, you imagine the oversight of a comedy special on on, on BBC One now? If, if the, the the meetings, I'm not even sure. I mean, like, I don't know. When I did live at the Apollo, they weren't actually. In fairness, they didn't have. I suppose it's perhaps done through the booking, right? So you book comics that are yeah, liable yeah, to say yeah. so, certain things. But I am. Um, I, I did stuff about concentration camp and stuff, and they didn't. Brilliant. They didn't. They didn't say much to me. They didn't say it's, anything at, it's, at the it's time. Fu- it's funny. My, my second show ended up on on the BBC, and there were a, there was there was a joke right at the start that was kind of important because it, it, I referred back to it later in the show as going, "Do you remember that offensive joke I told at the start?" And it was a it yeah. was a riff on some of you were offended, some found it funny. That's what comedy is, kind of thing. But it was a joke about Jill Dando. And how uh, Pye suspected that it was Fiona Bruce who had taken a hit out on her, right? And and it's <laughs> it's extreme, but it's funny. But it was yeah. it was quite offensive. But then it, I later went on to kind of go, well, you know, that that was kind of the point I was making. And the BBC asked me to get rid of that joke, and I thought, do you know what? There are people in that building that worked with her. Mm. Uh, um, I'm perfectly happy to cut. And it meant a bit of an edit because it meant that a callback didn't quite work. But I went, do you know what? Yeah. That's fine. And the, and the only other thing they asked me to edit was I, I said, did this riff on Margaret Thatcher. And as because I am a genius political satirist, I ended it with it going, Margaret Thatcher, and I'm glad she's dead. And uh, it got a round of applause. And what they objected to is me not, not me going... I'm glad she's dead. It was the, because everyone was like, yeah, like that. Yeah, like, yeah. That, that doesn't sit well with us celebrating, a, you know, she is a Brit- <laughs> British icon, no matter what you think of her. Um, yeah. So I, w- I was happy to do those cuts. But other than that, actually, they were pretty, but that was four or five years ago now. And I don't reckon they would, they would have allowed it. Well, I mean, this on. is this is one of the thing I'm wondering is if the the lockdown period was perhaps where this stuff, these sensitivities surged, and whether or not the fact it's plateauing again now is because people are back out in the real world. So if you think you're quite a sensitive, snowflakey type, and you know you're you're able to just plow down into your own sort of cultural silo during lockdown, where no one thinks it's weird that you drink sort of seven different kinds of milk, right? Yeah. Um, and then, but then you get back in the office, and there's someone that gives you a bit of light ribbon and goes, "What's that fucking wasp milk?" You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. you might not enjoy that, but at least it yes. exposes you yeah. to the idea that not everyone thinks that having seven different kinds of milk is, is, is you know, or, or you might yeah. have a conversation about Meghan and Harry where you realise someone doesn't like them, but it's nothing to do with racism. Whereas yes. that bit, yeah, yeah. Th- that bit of lockdown, I, I do think that culturally it affected a lot of stuff. It, it, it ticked up. And then I think, this is what I think, money talks, bullshit walks. What happened was people that make comedy and stream it when we can't put good comedy out if we can only take the moral high ground because it's not funny. And if you continue to take the moral high ground, you're more likely to be the subject of the joke than than anything else, right? If you think about, that's funny. Taking the moral high ground is funny in in itself. So, so yeah, the market decides. I guess I've come all the way round back to a right wing point, and 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 I think that you should be grateful to capitalism for for free speech. (laughs) Does that does that argument hold together in any way? It doesn't matter. Let's go on and do some letters. Sounded good. (laughs) Sounded good. Uh, I said to my VIP patrons that you were coming on the show. Uh, a lot of them had questions they wanted to ask you. We've only got time, uh, perhaps, for uh, a couple. Why does the left believe they have the moral high ground? Short answer. You can disagree? Because uh, in their hearts, they do. 
That's from well, okay, whereas, John whereas, Winter. Whereas, whereas all right wingers uh, are ice cold, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, killers, killers. I do you know I think in in my own personal experience, right? Left wing people are nice in theory, right? So if you talk about what should you do for people in theory, they're fucking great people. What they do for people in actuality, whereas right wing people, and this is true of me to an extent, I'll often take quite a harsh, punitive take some responsibility tone. But actually, in the way that I organise my own life, I'm sort of the earth, mate. you you got a problem. I'll, I'll be round there. Yeah, so, yeah. No, I know. I, I, I sort of agree with you there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think, I mean, there are two different types of left-wingers, aren't they? But, I mean, obviously, yeah. I think we associate more with that middle-class guardian-y left-winger as opposed to that down... I mean, all of, all of my comedy... Basically, comes from there. That, yeah, exa- that presumption. exactly. You know, you know, <laughs> but you know, the old school lefty used to be down the mine. Do you know what I mean? So that, so uh, yeah, I don't know what my point was there. Well, I, yeah, I'd say that the the left winger, the socialist that was down the mine, did have the moral high ground. Yes. Yeah. But the guy who sends his kid, you know, to a mostly white faith school in Islington, uh, <laughs> whilst railing against grammar schools, does not. Okay, there's another question here. Andy Hempstead. Uh, It's quite a long question, but it might be a short answer. Um, Who does someone like me vote for when the Tory party is now taking more tax than any Labour government did, who are economically mismanaging the economy, run by liars and people like Rishi, who couldn't see that non-dom status of his wife would play badly, when the Labour party is arguing that taxes are too high, yet couldn't vote for Labour, as obviously is the party full of people who hate this country and despise the working class voter like me. Who does he vote for? Green. Um, there is a really good, and I, I recommend it highly, uh, when there's a general election, there's a really good website called Vote for Policy. And mm. uh, I've, I've used it a lot, and I've done some stuff with them trying to push people to do it, because people yeah. are on the fence. And what you do is you, it's a questionnaire, and you can, you can either do like 10 questions, or you can go into all various subjects, answer 100 questions, and it will tell you, based on manifestos, who you should kind of be voting for. And if ever you are in doubt, just I would do this vote for policy thing. And then, because if you don't... But how vote- do I know that's not being run by dark money from some woke billionaire? Eh? It could be, it could be. Um, but no, but I've used it and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a very good way of doing it. If not, I mean, what I would always do, which I always tell like young people is like, for Christ's sake... Um, register to vote and then just spoil your paper. I mean, the amount the amount of nineteen year olds I've told directly to go to the voting booth and draw a big dick on the ballot paper because you go, you're still exercising yeah. your, your your democratic. Yeah, right. no, that's what you know. I did at the locals. Pussied out of drawing a dick in the end, which was really? an interesting <laughs> sentence. And, and, <laughs> and also, I have to say, like that, you know, encapsulated. The problem for the Lim Dems there. I spoke to you about a guy that's disillusioned between the two main parties, right? All the Lib Dems, um, all seven of them, they're sitting there going, us, surely us. And you went, Greens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Tom Walker, thank you so much for making uh, a welcome return to the show. People always love it when you come on. Uh, As I said, you know, check out all of Tom's social stuff. Is there anything else they should be going to in particular um well yeah my my live show that i was talking about which is my favorite uh thing i've I've done uh you can go on my website you can download it for a fiver and watch it so uh yeah jonathanpie.com please you know check it out that is very good value it was absolutely barnstorming show mate thanks for coming uh, back on the show again hopefully have you back soon pleasure yes of course anytime and that is it for us this week we go back uh, next week uh, with another interview but enjoy your week you know and if you are look if you are in politics and you are going to do something against the rules just make sure no one's got a fucking camera oh,